welcome to Easy Operations, episode 15. I'm Ron, and I'm joined today just by Mondo. Mondo, how are you? Very, very tired. <laughs> yeah, uh, just for everyone, uh, basically James is uh, unavailable today to do the podcast, so it'll just be a two-man show today. Uh, so it was just the 4th of July weekend for us, and uh, had a nice long weekend. Uh, did you have to work on some of these days? Because it was like a weird holiday where it... Monday, some people had it off. I had a half day. Like, how did it work out for you, Mondo? No, I had to work the entire Monday shift, so uh-huh. it was just kind of one of those weird things. Off Sunday, I had to come into work on Monday, off Tuesday, so uh, it's like All a right. normal day for me. <laughs> well, what'd you end up doing? Um, actually, I felt kind of ill, so I was under the weather um, with the uh, heat kind of going up and down as it does. Uh, my immune system goes haywire. So mm-hmm. I was uh, pretty much sweating, high fever, my eyes were like really red, so I just pretty much stayed in bed. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Although I did hear uh, somebody's uh, house caught on fire down the block from where I live, darn illegal fireworks. <laughs> wow, well be careful with those fireworks everybody. Uh, so you, I saw that you rode your motorcycle when we went to the movies this weekend, uh, how are you enjoying that? Uh, it's really good. Um, took it to work uh, today, this morning, and it was really fun. Uh, on the way back, though, just uh, uh, I'm not used to splitting lanes, so I kind of go with the flow with the traffic. I don't want to go like 70 or 80 miles an hour while everybody's you know doing 15, maybe 20 average uh, with their uh, vehicles there. So you know, I'll pull over to the side, let everybody uh, you know pass me by, and they. Uh, Kind of give me the peace sign, which is which is all right, and they understand that. Hey, this is kind of like a you know a rider trying to get his you know his bearings back. But the only problem is since I haven't done it in a while, my my butt cheeks really hurt. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like a little too tense. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well that's cool. Uh, and, and for our viewers, what kind of motorcycle you have? Is it a 250cc? Is it a 500cc? What do you got? You know what? I wish I would have started off small, to be honest with you. Um, this is a 650cc motorcycle. It is a Suzuki Gladius 09. So it's it's pretty powerful. It has a nice little torque. Uh, it has like good speed when you need it. So um, if it was me, and if I would have done this again, I would have started off with something smaller. <laughs> okay, well, no worries. Yeah, yeah always with motorcycles, they're very powerful, so you got to start out with some of the slower ones. Alright, that's the PSA for motorcycles today. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that's for me. Uh, I was in San Diego County for a wedding. And uh, a lot of weddings this uh, month for me happens to be. Uh, just, you know, it's the summer season. People want to get married. And, uh, you know, I have friends in their 30s and what have you. And it's that's the time. So, uh, but I got the opportunity to go to the Stone Brewing uh, main headquarters. Or like the main facility in Escondido, California. And uh, that's a nice place, man. I uh, took the tour nice. for $6, and that will include four tasters. And each taster is going to be like a four to five ounce pour. And, um, you know, they show you around the facility, and it's a nice place. They have a big facility. It's a full restaurant, full bar with an open area. They had live music there. They have like a little man-made lake, and you could just kind of hang out and enjoy the, the scene there. And uh, just uh, got a chance to try a couple of new beers. I'm a big fan of the Enjoy Buy, and it has a certain date on it. That's one of my favorites from Stone there. It's a double IPA. So I had a great time there. Uh, basically, over the weekend, I went to the beach, and I grilled a steak and some shrimp. So 
Good times. Good times. Nice. Basically. Any recommendations for Stone Brewery? Top three. Top three. Okay. Well, I, I'm definitely going to put the uh, Enjoy Buy at the top. Okay. All right. Uh, they're, if you're looking for a lighter IPA, they have their uh, go-to IPA That's if you want something lighter. And uh, hmm, what's the third one here? They had this mocha one that I tried over the weekend. I'm not going to tell you it's the third best, but it's just in what I can come up with in my memory right now. A Stone Mocha IPA. So, you know, they're really known for the IPAs. So I just would let people know that that's not quite a beginner's beer. Um, if you're new to kind of getting into craft beer, it's a bit hit or miss. But Stone is known for having very hoppy beers. So, you know, it's just something that I like and I definitely recommend it if you're interested. It's worth taking a trip down to Escondido. Nice. Sounds All like right. fun. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our movie segment. We were in the movies this weekend. Well, not in the movies, but we went to the movies. <laughs> and, one day. Uh, one day. One day we'll be in the movies. <laughs> uh, well, we went to go see uh, Baby Driver, and this was a movie by uh, Edgar Wright, starring a new – I don't think that I've ever seen this guy in a, in a movie before – Ansel Elgort, uh, John Bernthal. You recognize him from The Punisher, from Walking Dead. Well, he played The Punisher, I should say, in uh, the Daredevil series. John Hamm, Kevin Spacey's in it. Really good cast. Uh, this director is also known for very stylish movies, uh, such as Scott Pilgrim. And uh, all those Shaun of the Dead type movies like Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Uh, Mondo, what did you think about this movie? Um, it was fascinating. I mean, his gyrations, like, for every song that he, you know, kind of dictates his, you know, day-to-day -day, uh, uh, outgoings was just kind of weird. Like, I don't see myself, you know, dancing like that. Uh, I would picture a woman doing that. So you're talking about but the main character who, who the main has to yeah, dance and that. has to, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to, but he, he really but, yeah. needs to listen to a soundtrack in order to kind of get in the rhythm of, of things. Yeah, and then I guess, uh, you know, whatever's going on around him, like if he's happy, you know, he'll start dancing and, you know, it's cool, you know, like, I guess he's feeling the vibes. And all that good stuff, and these other characters, like the people that he's working with. I mean, Kevin Spacey did an amazing job. Uh, he always does in every movie. Um, and then I think it was Jamie Foxx's character, um, who just kind of like derails everything. You know what I mean? Not to give too much uh, away from the movie. Uh, it's an awesome movie. I really love uh, the whole character interaction between everyone. It just, it's just like, wow, oh my god. You know, it's just like. Bang, 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 quick, quick, quick. Uh, what I also noticed was that the main character, he kind of reminded me like a modern-day Elvis, you know? Like, doesn't say much. The way he talks, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, hey there, pretty mama, you know? Kind of like that. So I was just like, okay, cool, you know? It was kind of like a, uh, a homage to, like, the 1940s, 1950s kind of thing, you know, with him being all kind of, like, groovy, cool. You know, he had that swag, you know what I mean? Yeah, by the way, so this is how you do, a, like, a fun little singing yeah. segment. Like instead of uh, Spider-Man Spider Three, we were 3, talking exactly. about that segment. Yeah, this exactly. is how you make it look fun and, and you know, and going and modern and in place with the movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so those stylish things, you know what? Because um, you know, what, uh, my parents they grew up with uh, that type of stuff. So I was like, hey, you know what? I dig it. I like it, and it was really cool. It meshed well with the movie. Yeah, uh, I agree. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, one of the things I liked about it was there was a lot of practical effects, meaning there was no CGI for any of the car chases. 
really good car chases, nice driving segments. And uh, what I thought was kind of interesting for me is I thought this whole movie he was going to be in his red Subaru that you see in the in the trailer, but it's not. It's just his, his initial vehicle, and then he switches out into a, a couple of other ones. None of them are as memorable as that one, I would say, but uh, you know, I definitely notice cars in movies. But uh, I enjoyed the movie overall. I think it was uh, good action, uh, good acting. Uh, Jamie Foxx played this character that was just right on the edge of being over the top but, yeah. but didn't quite go too far with it and uh, I enjoyed that I guess my one complaint and you tell me what you think about this is that they had this love story and uh, I didn't know that I was too sold on that I felt like it was just a bit rushed they didn't allow a little development for that so that's probably my one complaint for the movie what do you think? Uh, with the main character? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought there was um, exactly no development. There was like no ex exact storyline. It was just kind of like meet and greet. Hey, we're falling in, you know, I guess we're falling in love or there's somewhat of an attraction there. Yeah. So they don't really go into too much depth or any details about that. It was just kind of more on his, uh, on his side on what he's doing basically to do all these, you know. He's a driver, so we're kind of mainly focused on him doing his job and that love story just kind of didn't you know it didn't sit well with me either yeah uh, but overall I, I say this is a really good movie if you like these type of movies like transporter or you know maybe even run into a lesser effect in the sense that just good chase scenes and there's a lot of intense moments in cars and and it's it's a it's a very stylish movie it feels very unique it has a nice style to it that you don't usually see in movies and uh, I would just, I would definitely recommend this movie to uh, anyone who wants to check it out. Agreed. And I love the way when he records what they're saying and uh, he makes a cool mix. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, great soundtrack too. I uh, just want to add that. Not so much in the original score, but since he's listening to his uh, iPod all the time, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, movies that, or I'm sorry, music that you would recognize that kind of really do well to fit in the moment. All right, well, that was about it for current movies. So, look, Mondo, I found myself uh, over – this is over two weekends, by the way, that I had made this achievement. A couple of weeks ago, I found myself, uh, you know, at a guest – I should say at my girlfriend's brother's house. We were there for uh, the weekend just spending the night, and we needed something to watch. And I remember someone telling me, Ron, you should check out Catwoman. But they weren't saying it like in a realistic, not, not like in a this is going to be the greatest movie, but in a you're going to get a kick out of how ridiculous this movie is. And when you're done, I want you to listen to this podcast. So I had that in mind. I'm like, okay, I want to do this whole thing and, I, and let me see what this is about. Let me see if I can get through this. So I watched Catwoman, guys. If I hadn't said the title yet, I watched Catwoman. This is a 2004 movie starring Halle Berry, Ooh, Sharon ouch. Stone. <laughs> Benjamin Brett and it was directed by this guy named Pitoff um, let me just look real quick to see what else he's done Pitoff or pissed off P <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't pissed yeah. off to be honest. oh my goodness okay well he did the visual effects in uh, Alien Resurrection oh alright yeah and then he just did a couple of other things that I was not quite uh, let me see here director five credits here I don't really recognize these movies, so it's like Momentum, a TV series. Oh, in 2017, um, Fire and Ice is a TV movie. I don't even know. No, but I needless that. to say, this guy didn't have a lot of pedigree, and uh, you know, 
This movie kind of takes its own approach on Catwoman and they're not even trying to tie it into any of the DC universe and it basically positions things as there were numerous Catwomens over time and they had like she has a descendant from the Egyptian god Bastet or something like that uh, that was a cat god from the Egyptians and it just really takes its own storyline here and look uh this movie was terrible, but <laughs> but I laughed at it, and I just – I laughed at how terrible it was, and it was watchable in a way that I don't feel like Batman and Robin because I really hold that to be the absolute bottom <laughs> in terms of like superhero <laughs> movies, man. And, and uh, it's just – it was – in terms of watchability, I guess because I hadn't seen it before, I was curious to see where it went. And uh, so, look, I'm not going to recommend this movie, but I'll tell you why I would recommend it. So I'm just kind of contradicting myself. It's because you have to go through the same thing I did. So I saw it in two pieces, and that's how much I wanted to actually finish the movie. I just, I was like, well, let me finish this because I had left it halfway. And then you listen to the podcast, which is uh, How Did This Get Made by Paul Shear. He's one of the uh, uh, people on the podcast. And they basically are doing a roast on this movie, and it's hilarious. And to me, that kind of completes the puzzle of this movie so to speak which is if you can do that then listen to the commentary that, and they're just making fun of this movie and it's just it's hilarious and you know like Halle Berry has this outfit that it's it's very sexy but it is not functional whatsoever like she's completely <laughs> exposed and barely has like this bra top on and she's literally wearing sandals and she's going to be climbing throughout the city and uh, most of her stunts it was done in CGI, but it's like 2004 CGI. Oh, so it's very noticeable. It's very noticeable, and she just looks like a piece of like rubber in terms of the <laughs> uh, the animation, right? It's just like she's too flexible, and uh, <laughs> so you know, like it, if I'm gonna recommend this, if you're in for you know, there's some people that enjoy watching terrible movies kind of for the irony of it or just it, and if you want to watch it with that podcast now I had to YouTube the podcast because uh, it was so old that they didn't really keep it in their normal feed like that they usually do uh, but I found it on YouTube and uh, yeah just uh, <laughs> something to consider if you just kind of you know want to laugh at a terrible movie you know sounds great yeah so uh, that's going to be it for movies and uh, for TV shows. Uh, Mono, this was a, a big New Japan Pro Wrestling weekend. Yes, and I didn't was. get a chance to watch this, but tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so basically New Japan Pro Wrestling, this is their first outing here in the United States. And they were uh, down in our neck of the woods. Uh, well, well, near neck, our neck of the woods. Uh, Long Beach, California for a two-day special event. And it was for the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Champion. So they were holding this tournament for two days, and Access TV uh, was broadcasting the Saturday event, which was a four-hour event. And wow, I got to tell you, uh, was not disappointed. Great wrestling. Um, if you looked at the crowd, uh, a lot of Bullet Club T-shirts out there. So they're a big mainstay. They're a big faction out in New Japan. And just to name a few people who came from Bullet Club was like AJ Styles, you know, Finn Balor. Back then he was known as Prince Prince Devitt, uh, Tomatunga, uh, Tunga Roa, and they're both sons of Haku. So that's awesome. 
And he did make like a little short appearance when they both uh, made their entrance way into the ring uh, this past Saturday. So that was really awesome. And the event did not disappoint. It was it was really fun. Um, I did notice a couple of people from PWG, like the uh, normal people who go. Uh, they were caught on film, had like little no, shots, and cool. I was like, oh, okay, like awesome. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we don't have to go through the whole thing. It was four hours long, but uh, overall, you you liked it. It was amazing. Uh, the only thing was, I felt that the TV didn't grasp the uh, audience because. Like I mentioned before, most of these guys are from like uh, PWG fans and other areas and other venues in Southern California or NoHo. Uh, I was listening to Steven Larson's podcast, which is going in raw, and they were also like amazed that they didn't really capture the essence of the crowd because they were really chanting for their favorite wrestlers. So there were no mics on the crowd, yeah. so to speak. Okay. So there was like very few, and they were going, they were marking out for. Um, Man, I don't want to botch his name. There was one uh, Japanese wrestler who's uh, uh, Naito. There we go. He's really awesome. And ho my Spanish is really horrible, but he's part of a faction called Los Ingobernables. Mm -hmm. Is that him? And he got a loud pop. And you can see it in his face. He was kind of like amazed. Like, oh, like they know who I am. So it's really awesome when you have fans like that, that just really know their stuff and they can appreciate their work. And it was awesome. That Those four hours flew by so quick. All right. Now they they're not airing this one until um like the end of this week, correct? Uh correct for the uh Sunday, which is kind of like uh I think it was a, a deal with the the New Japan app, kind of like their uh, yeah. WWE app. They wanted people to kind of like buy in and watch on Sunday. But if you don't, they did like this special agreement with Access that they were going to show the event uh this coming Friday and I believe with a few commercial interruptions, so that'll be great. That's, all right. that's worth watching. Well, definitely check that out if you can. Uh, all right, well, as for me, I got a chance to finish Glow, and uh, look, I'm going to come on here and say that uh, I I changed my mind on this show. That, awesome. awesome. I, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was me just saying to myself, you know what, this isn't going to be based on reality. Just take it for what it is, or if by this point, by midway through, the characters had already developed, maybe a little bit of both factors for me. But uh, I enjoyed, like, so then I had left off at, like, I want to say, uh, you know, episode five or six or something like that. That's where I left off, and I finished it. And, and from there, I already knew who the characters were, what they were trying to do, and I really appreciated the second half. And it's like, James, I think, and you said that too, that it, it does kind of pick itself up. And so a bit of a slow start to it, I would say, uh, but a good show overall. And, and just I really appreciated that this was a half-hour show. I never felt like it outstayed its welcome. And this is one of the few uh, Netflix shows that, you know, we, we, we had talked about how they kind of go on too long, that there's a little bit too many episodes. And I mm. didn't feel that way for this one. If anything, I felt like, oh, that's where they're going to cut it off. Oh, man, I want to keep going. Like I could have seen a few more episodes. I was looking forward to it. Exactly. Um, so what do you think about the director? Did you change your mind about him or is still kind of like, eh? The, uh, the director of the show, Mark Marin, you know, uh, he had a couple of uh, good moments. Um, you know, I don't – I didn't like a decision that was made in the final episode. I'm not going to reveal too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just – I didn't like that. But they're, they're trying to go a certain direction with it. So, uh, you know, I, it's hard to talk about without revealing yeah. it. So – but basically, I, I came around to him a little bit better. I'm not saying he's my favorite character by any means, but he was a little bit more uh, human, I guess. 
Okay. So, yeah. what about the uh, two main characters, the ones feuding? Um, I believe it was uh, Debbie and uh, I forgot the other character's name. There's, there's yeah, uh, I, I really did like the main character that plays uh, Liberty Bell. Um, I really like her. She she really is a great actress. And uh, this, and then I liked how uh, who's the main actress? Oh, uh, Ruth, uh, Allison Ruth, Brie. Allison Brie. Um, I like once she kind of discovers her in her her wrestling character, so to speak. I like what she does with it, and I like uh, the direction that they're going with it. So um, I enjoyed that as well. But it's it's still hard to get her, like her personality, and and it does seem like uh, you know I'm not quite sure. Like she's jokey, but kind of awkward at the same time. So it's interesting, and uh, you know, overall, if you're into wrestling, you know, yeah. or, or or curious about just what a wrestling a women's wrestling league would look like in the 80s I would recommend this show to you and, and because they're half hour shows you can kind of breeze through this and marathon this season not too bad it's very entertaining very funny humanistic and uh, yeah alright well let's get into TV movie news uh, Assassin's Creed TV series Ugh. now I'm interested Ugh. in this and um, by the way what are you giving me up for because this is an anime uh, so even worse, I gonna, thought this would be gonna... right up your alley. <laughs> no, they're going to ruin my anime genre. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the producer of the Netflix Castlevania show that's kind of spearheading this. And so unfortunately, we're not able to really check on this guy's credentials because that Castlevania show is not out either. Yeah, And they're going to go ahead and do something else. But uh, I'm a big fan of Assassin's Creed. Hell, I even like the movie. <laughs> movie uh, yeah, so I'm I'm interested in this. Um, you know, consider me cautiously optimistic. This will be a Netflix series, so we'll see how it goes. Are you have any interest in this, Mondo? Um, you know what? It is anime. Um, do I want to see it fail? No. Do I want to see it do good? Maybe. But you know, let's see how it turns out first. Uh, I want to see how Castlevania turns out first. I mean, if you got greenlit for Assassin's Creed, then. Maybe whoever saw or has been watching him do or plan Castlevania, uh, you know what? It, it might get some good reviews, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, maybe they saw the whole thing and, and really liked it. So uh, maybe. Who knows? Uh, all right. Next up is uh, Marvel Inhumans on ABC. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to watch the trailer, but I did see a still photo of it. Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about this. Okay, so basically this is uh, their take of the uh, Marvel's Inhumans, kind of going from uh, their home planet, so to speak, and kind of arriving here on Earth. There's a bit of turmoil within uh, the quote-unquote royal family. So there's kind of like a brother-versus-brother quarrel going on. What I didn't like, though, when I did watch the trailer, um, Black Bolt, uh, when he whispers... And this is in the comics, but I guess they changed it up here on the ABC series. When he whispers, he's able to destroy an island. Yeah, Not just like yeah. An that's island. his comic book powers. Yeah, that's his comic book powers. But here, yeah. they, they kind of they really toned it down. Like, I there was this one shot that I saw where he just kind of like uh, whimpers or something. Basically, he just knocks over a uh, police squad car like in the air, and I'm like, okay, so he's not that. He can be powerful, but I get it in the sense that you know you don't want to destroy everything in one fell swoop. Well, and then so, I'm wondering, like, you, do you want this show where you have this character as one of the main characters and he can't like, talk? Yeah, super OP. 
Well, well not I mean, so much so OP, expensive. but that he yeah. just doesn't talk, you know? That's uh, true. Yeah, but uh, for those of you who don't know who the Inhumans are, they were uh, characters with cosmic powers from the Fantastic Four. But what I'm confused about, Mondo, and I don't know if this trailer clears it up, is if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it positions Inhumans, and it kind of uses it interchangeably with anyone who has powers. Now, how do they differentiate those Inhumans and the Inhumans that are in this show? That is a good question. I have not watched uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I've watched the first season and oh, okay. stopped. So uh, yeah, that's a great question. Unfortunately, I cannot answer that. Um, well, what they're saying, though, is that your question, I believe it was part of this article on IGN, that they will answer some of those uh, questions where how, how does one become an Inhuman and what differentiates... Uh, what differs from the ones on the Agents of Shield show versus the Marvels and Humans? So uh, they're gonna they're gonna answer that question. Okay, nice. Yeah, I had uh, stumbled on that article too. So definitely, if you're interested in uh, in humans on ABC, check out this IGN article. I think uh, it gives you a nice little background for it. So I might check that out as well. All right, and uh, Futurama is getting taken off Netflix, and apparently uh, mm. the internet blew up. Mondo, what happened here? Yeah, there was a bunch of these memes about Netflix, and they're done very, very stylish, uh, with good taste. They're not being mean. It's just really funny how they use like these clips and uh, sound bites, and just kind of like, hey, you wouldn't steal this, would you? Or just, you know, it's called Do It, and I forgot what the acronym was, but it was like really funny. It had me chuckling, and they're using Bender and uh, like the announcer guy, uh, his voiceover, just like, you wouldn't steal this, you wouldn't steal that, you wouldn't steal a, you know someone's human heart is like you want to take away this and that so it was just kind of like you know the fans are upset rightfully so it's a great show i don't know why they're doing that maybe they just lost a license i'm not too sure what's going on there but yeah i mean they're doing it in a um, classy way which is great yeah i mean ultimately i don't think it's going to change anything um but you know there's always these deals in, with netflix unfortunately you cannot consider netflix to be like this library it's it's, it's something that has a rotating inventory you know, and, and you really can't get comfortable with uh, having something on there. You know, like there's been times where I saw something that I wanted to see, and when I try to go back to it, it, it was gone. So, you know, just uh, I'm notorious for having this backlog of things that I have never touched, and it just keeps growing and growing. I was like, I'll get to this eventually. But, you know, perhaps a reminder to if you want to see something, do it now rather than later. Or just, you know what, if you guys love the show so much, support it. By going out and buying, you know, wow, I'm, I'm sounding old right now, VHS tapes, uh, no, <laughs> DVDs, Blu-rays, you know, because uh, they're out there, they're being sold, and if, you know what, they see an increase of fan-based interest, who knows, they might actually do maybe like a mini-episode, like a, another mini-movie, you know, because it'll show that you're interested in this particular animation and yeah. this show, and it's it's really, it's amazing, so we'll see All what right. happens. Well, uh, next up here is uh, Dunkirk. This is the movie by Christopher Nolan about World War II. This is going to be one of the biggest movies to uh, be produced in 70 millimeter uh, in terms of the widest release. And uh, I'm excited about this. 70 millimeter, for those of you who don't know, it is a format that allows a nice, super wide screen, a tremendous amount of detail in the frame. And it looks super clear, and not every theater can screen it. Um, one of the last people to do it, and in fact, most people have not used this format because it's 
the cameras are very big and and all these things. But uh, Quentin Tarantino used it in uh, Hateful Eight. Yes, sir. And uh, my complaint when I went to go see that in 70 millimeter was, you know, you I just told you about how it allows for these uh, beautiful outdoor scenes, and the whole damn movie is indoors. <laughs> so uh, you know that's what bothered me about that one but that being said I'm going to see this um, wherever I can go watch uh, in 70mm so I'm all in um, you know it's interesting This there's only one preview and it just seems to show the same initial scene and so I'm wondering is that intentional like I really hope that this is a fully fleshed out story so I'm excited about it. I do feel like uh, Christopher Nolan makes great movies. Uh, Interstellar didn't have the best, wasn't the strongest of his movies, but I'm still excited to see a Christopher Nolan movie. Are you day one on this, Mondo? Um, day one as well. Um, if I can find where they're going to show the 70 millimeter, that's worth the you know worth the ticket of admission. Um, also, Interstellar was uh, certain shots were uh, filmed in 70 millimeter as well. So, it's, it was 70 millimeter or IMAX. Uh, it was 70 millimeter IMAX or okay because I I want to say IMAX is even bigger in terms of the uh, millimeters. Um, but yeah, so okay, gonna be his first time using that equipment, so it'll be awesome. All right, well that's about it for uh, TV news. Now let's talk about games. Uh, not a lot to talk about. Slow week for us, but. For me, uh, there's Back for a, the July weekend. Yeah, this Fourth of <laughs> July weekend has brought some sales here uh, on both PlayStation Network and uh, Xbox Live. And I'll just talk about. I'm not gonna list everything on sale, but I'll talk about what I purchased. And on PlayStation Network, I got Ratchet and Clank. That was that kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's a sequel or a revamp, or I think it's like a reinterpretation of the first game. And I got that for seven ninety nine. So uh, you know, I'll report on it more when when I got a chance to play it. But I wanted to pick that up because that's just such a great price for that game. Uh, and then I also picked up Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition. This was uh, that little side scroller with these kind of little fun. He looks like a I don't know like a white raccoon type of thing type of creature and and great soundtrack, great animation style for two D and. Uh, you know, since this is easy operations, one of the reasons why I had hesitated on that game was <laughs> I had heard that it was really difficult. And in the definitive edition, they added like an easy, easier mode to it. So I'm going to try that out for myself. Nice. Um, and then uh, last up for me in terms of what I bought on the sale was uh, Wolfenstein The Old Blood. Now, I talked about I was so hyped on Wolfenstein 2 that I wanted to go back to play this uh, downloadable content. It was like a little expansion that you didn't need to have the game in order to buy this. And it now fell to $10 as well. So um, I picked those two up. So, you know, I'll talk about them more later. But uh, for now, go take a look on your respective system if you're interested in some of these sales. Um, but Mondo, you and I got a chance to uh, play Marvel Heroes. And we had talked about it coming out last week. And now it's out. Uh, what do you think of this game? Uh, it's a pretty basic game, kind of like uh, Diablo-ish, kind of like a dungeon kind of siege kind of game. So it was uh, really fun. Um, you got your uh, notable characters there and some new ones like a Squirrel Girl. I think James uh, picked her up. Uh, I was She-Hulk. Uh, I believe uh, Rooney was actually playing with us. So he was, I believe, Spider-Man? Yes, he was. Uh, and then uh, I think you stuck with Storm, or no? I went with uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, there we go. 
No, we're making... Oh, yeah, we uh, saw that storm with the cool outfits, so, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, only thing is, I had to bail out. Uh, I had, like, a... Um, I, I forgot that I had a uh, party invite for Injustice 2, and then I got all this kind of, like, hate messages, so that's why I was, like, backing. I was like, damn, there's too much <laughs> going on for me right now. I don't want to go, but I have to go. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend... I believe you can, uh, all the characters are open to a certain level, to level 10, and then I guess the game forces you to uh, buy certain characters if you want to level them up further. Is that correct? Yeah, um, so, and not all of them, but I would say a good, like, maybe 95% you can pick. There's some that are kind of locked behind being exclusives, and uh, I don't know if this is for a limited time, but Daredevil was free on the Xbox store, so I don't know about PlayStation, but... uh, you can have him for free and you don't have to spend money if you want to use Daredevil and I actually considered it but um, since I had you know made the investment to go with uh, Ghost Rider I was like I don't want to play the game over again I'm going to stick with this character now here's the thing you it, it everyone can go to level 10 and afterwards you just won't get any experience but if you want to unlock that character for play in the game the prices vary and it's a little hard to figure out what they cost because it's kind of like put in their gold currency um, so but just to translate it ten dollars will get you one thousand gold and each character has different prices and there are some characters that are the more popular ones right so Spider-Man is an expensive yeah. one and then for me apparently Ghost Rider was expensive because <laughs> that cost 1350 gold Ooh, Wow. Um, so just over $10 and whereas when you play through the campaign you can complete chapter 1 and it will give you in-game currency and if you go for a low tier character James was able to get Squirrel Girl for free so oh, he, nice. yeah he can basically play this game uh, for free um, but I, I will say that I'm starting to run into now I did pay the, the money and, and I'm now level 15 that's where I left off I'm like halfway through chapter 2 and it, you could see where you want to start putting more money into it like for example I'm already running out of space for my loot and uh, sure enough they'll sell you a little expansion <laughs> you know, a couple bucks here and there and it starts to add up you want to get a boost in experience? Pay extra. You know, you want these uh, ultimate weapons? Pay extra. So, um, you know, but I, for to chip in ten bucks for it, or it's it's not bad. I will say, I'm having fun with this game, but there's not a lot to it. Um, it's like Diablo. You're gonna have a number of powers available to you that you're constantly unlocking, but there's not. All you're gonna do is go into a little dungeon or whatever the equivalent of a dungeon, right? And you're just going to basically beat up on just a bunch of enemies. And eventually you'll run into a boss. And that's, to me, that's kind of the fun of it is because you see the, the Marvel characters that you recognize. But there's not a lot of depth to it. The graphics, I guess because this kind of came from a game that was on PC and meant to be on a lot of systems, they're solid, but it's not going to blow you away with your with the graphics. Um, and in many occasions, I don't think that it performs well. And there's some slowdown. There's some pop-in. It's a bit janky in that respect. Uh like, what do you think, Mona? No, I agree with you uh, all, with all the points that you made. It did get kind of janky when there was a lot of characters and a lot of uh, going on uh, with the explosions, just kind of like somebody using their special ability. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like, whoa, like, we're on Xbox One. Uh, not, yeah, Xbox One. Shouldn't they have fixed this? I mean, I'm not sure how the PC version went. I'm pretty sure it's smooth, but, you know, I guess 
I'm able to tolerate that for the moment. Hopefully, there'll be a maybe there's a patch down down the line, or maybe you know the, the servers were getting hit hard, and that's you know a few ex uh, reasons for it. But other than that, um, do you feel like the overall prices for say like inventory upgrades is reasonable? Yeah, I mean if you think about it like this. Okay, so I would have paid ten bucks for a character. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember what the inventory thing was off the top of my head, but I want to say maybe it was like no more than five dollars. Um, so you know, if you've invested fifteen bucks, even if you got a couple of extra little knickknacks here and there, or you maybe you wanted to unlock a second character and that puts you at twenty, you could play a lot of that game for that price. You know, and it's also a free to play game, so you know it's like it doesn't cost you anything to download into your system. Yeah, so you know, try it out, see for yourself, see if it's worth it to you. Um, I think James said it was up to six players online that can be co-op. Nice. That's um, awesome. So, you know, we were doing four players uh, with all of us when we tried it that first time. So it, it's a nice game to kind of get with your friends and you can kind of talk over it because, you know, the storyline mm -hmm. is just you'll, you'll hardly yeah. run into cutscenes here and there. And, and uh, even if I, I'm ahead of you, I can still jump into anybody's game. And so uh, it has some fun aspects to it. So I'm going to continue it for a little bit and see how it goes. Sounds great. All right. Well, Mondo, what else did you get? Uh, we got Zombie Army Trilogy for uh, $10 through the uh, Microsoft sale. And this game is pretty cool. It's a four-player co-op. Um, I think over the weekend, me and James got to play a little bit of this game. And it's really amazing. Um, we're just trying to get from point A to point B, then point B to point C. So there's like this little uh, indicator on where we have to go. And it's really awesome. Like the zombies will come up from the ground. Uh, they come from behind you, and it's it's really awesome. So it's like a horde-based kind of a zombie killing game. Uh, there's this crazy zombie though, who's kind of like it reminds me of uh, General Garad. I'm trying to remember his name in uh, <laughs> in Gears of War. Um, but yeah, he's like this big old zombie with the uh, Nazi outfit, and he has like this gun. He's shooting at you, and it's pretty cool because some other zombies they'll be equipped with weapons as well, and they'll try to either stab you or shoot at you. Um, we notice that throughout the uh, certain aspects of the game, it does get a little bit tougher. And what we notice is that you got to be very, very um, you got to have like a like a plan in place. You got to be very strategic. Um, there was at one point where we just kind of uh, hit upstairs and we were just kind of sniping these zombies as they were coming through. Uh, James was sniping them through a window, and then when we noticed a couple of zombies came through, I was just waiting for them uh, to come up the stairs, and I just blasted them with a shotgun. Or I set up a, a mine or a, a trip mine, so it's really fun. It's really engaging. I would really recommend it for ten bucks. It's it goes a long way. Uh, let me ask you something. I'm confused about this. Uh, they say it's called Zombie Army Trilogy. Does that mean there are three games in it? I believe so. If it's a trilogy, um, I only got. <laughs> I mean, How James just sent me an invite. James has sent me an invite, man, and I'm gonna play with them. No questions asked. You guys can toss me anything on the internet, whether it be <laughs> PG to like the most absurd thing on there. I'm gonna click it. I'll watch. Hey, I will not question it. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you can get us the answer to that next week. We'll get more next week because it's it's a really fun game. I was okay. enjoying it. All right. Is there a story in it, or are you just kind uh, of? Not really. It's kind of like it, it kind of feels like uh, what is that zombie mode for uh, yeah. Call of Duty, where in the beginning where just no no storyline, no background, just kind of go. Okay. All right. And uh, what else have you been playing? Oh, Portal Knights. Uh, this game is really interesting. Uh, me and James were playing this uh, right before Zombie Army. Uh, so picture 
you may not want to picture this. <laughs> Minecraft set in a kind of like an RPG-ish kind of world. So um, you can destroy and build certain aspects. You can gain uh, resources. You can go to a workbench, create armor. And then there's these portals where um, I believe in the first portal, we had to create four cubes. Once we did that, we were able to go to different worlds. And we kind of jumped the gun, uh, me and James, because we were doing the tutorial. Uh, once we jumped into the second portal, this other world, um, we kind of went there. We didn't realize like most of these characters were level two. We were still level one. And they really do a lot of damage to you. So basically, we, we went back. I was dying a lot. I have a melee character. I was a knight. Uh, James was, I believe he was, yes, he was the archer. So he didn't die too much. I did because I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to do some damage. And I only have like a wooden sword. So we went back, got more resources, and... Basically, we set up our whole armor pieces, which is really cool because you can actually see it in game. Uh, I had like this little tin hat. Uh, James had like this little cool hoodie on his uh, archer character, kind of reminded me of uh, Arrow from the show. And uh, we went back in there, and it's really cool because you have like these uh, events. We we're trying to figure out what was going on, but um, I guess for me, it was getting kind of late. We're, we're up for a while. And um, so far, so good. I really enjoy it. It has a mix of uh, RPG elements mixed with Minecraft. So if you enjoy Minecraft, uh, the world is not as big as Minecraft, though. These are a bit smaller. But it's a lot of fun. It's really easy to get into. And the create a character aspect, which was really awesome. Mine kind of looks like me. I'm bald. I have thick eyebrows. Uh, I have kind of like these weird-looking eyes. And since everybody thinks I'm always raging, which I kind of am... My mouth is kind of like, grr, you know, it's like grunting or, you know, getting ready to pounce. So it's it's really fun. I, I really like that aspect. So do you think you'll continue to play it or was it just like fun for one one night? What do you think? No, it's uh, it's fun to continue to play, especially with like Zombie Army Trilogy. Uh, Portal Knights is up there as well. So, I mean, Marvel Heroes, it's... Here's the thing, though. It's summer. You got all these games on sale. Like you said, the backlog of games that are piling up uh, is getting a little... For me, it's kind of like overbearing because I'm like, man, when, when am I going to have time for these games? But uh, I'll make time. I'll be honest. I've been putting too much time on Injustice 2. Maybe I should just put in 30 minutes and then, you know, play some of these games. Because I'm right now, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm just a big uh, Injustice 2 fiend. I'm on that every day. Well, day. That, that's all good. But I know what you mean. Like, you know, and, and these sales add to the backlog, yeah. you know, and so I find myself looking for games that are going to be short that I can be able to say that I finished, uh, that don't seem overwhelming to jump into, so I chose, you know, a game like uh, Wolfenstein Old Blood is going to take uh, six hours or so to, to pass, or even, I think it was ten hours for Ori in the Blind Forest, I don't want to jump into a big old game like Witcher 3 or something like that, so... Yeah, um, you know, especially because we got the fall games coming out. So essentially, as of September, we're going to be starting playing Destiny and all these other games are going to come out. So, you know, now is the time to knock out the backlog, gentlemen. So Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And by the all way, right. I hope you got that week off. Uh, I don't know about the week off. I'll take the day off. <laughs> so definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and actually, in a couple of weeks, the beta is going to be released. Awesome, um, awesome. So we'll be reporting on that as well. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for uh, games we've played. Not too much happened in game news. We're just going to talk about uh, Destiny 2. The social space was revealed. Uh, and basically, IGN is having, I guess they got the exclusive rights 
to basically release pieces of information about Destiny 2 uh, over the course of like the next month or so. Um, and so stay tuned to Destiny 2, or I'm sorry, to IGN if you want to get like that low extra coverage. Um, honestly, I kind of stayed away from it because I don't want to learn too much. I'm already going to be playing this beta. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of like the type that when I'm really into something, I don't want to read too much on it. But can exactly. you give us an overall impression about what was, is this kind of where you're going to go get your gear and your missions? I was really curious, um, just like you, where, you know what, I'm really hyped. Like I said earlier in a previous uh, podcast where I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay away from this. You know, the, the less I know, the more hype I'm going to be when I play this. Yeah. When I saw this new social space, I was like, you know what, uh, there's that itch. <laughs> I'm going to click on this link. Let me check this out. And so far, it's really cool. Um, basically, it's, it's actually like a bigger social space. It feels like an MMO social space where it's really... Um, I would say it's a bit bigger than the original D1 social space from the tower. Um, from what they were saying in this uh, vid was that uh, certain characters are going to appear and then go away. So that as adds to the aspect of, man, you know, uh, maybe I got to be on this game, you know, uh, every so often just to see which characters are there, whether they're going to, you know, do these cool, you know, quests for exotic items. They didn't want to give away too much, but they said to that extent where, you know, there's going to be certain characters showing up. And it was awesome because he said, like, hey, you know, you can. that's where you're going to get your exotic item. So, you know, follow us on IGN for those type of details. So I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know? And they added a uh, soccer field, basically. So you can play soccer with friends now in the social space. Oh, yeah, I saw that, I think, in the reveal stream. <laughs> so that's awesome. So you can pass the time while you're waiting for your friends to get online. It's actual soccer. You can play two-on-two, three-on-three, or whoever wants to join, and you just kind of, like, kick the ball around, which is a lot of fun. Uh, there is an area where the uh, Cryptarch is there. I'm not going to reveal who it is, but let's just say they survived. And, yeah, there's a <laughs> bunch of other stuff that goes on there, which I do not want to spoil because I'm... I don't want to give away too much, but just the aspect of certain characters appearing and then disappearing. So you just got to be on that social space from now on, you know. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, uh, I saw a, a funny uh, comment uh, on a Reddit forum that they were saying if they happen to be selling a exotic rocket launcher two weeks after Destiny 2 comes out, make sure you get that one. <laughs> and that is a reference yeah, in Destiny 1 to one of the best weapons in the game appeared. Two weeks after the game was there, and if you're one of the oh. lucky few, you got it, and you were super overpowered, and oh. if not, you had to go through the torturous year or so worth of uh, oh, yeah. trying to unlock that item, Les Mondo and I did. <laughs> yeah, pretty sad, though. You and Uni got yours. I got mine towards the end, and when they sold it, like, about a month, uh, what was it? Like, I know they sold it in... They I sold say... it, and then probably a week or two later, it was, like, uh, yeah. nerfed. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I just got mine. I don't get to feel the true power of this Gijalmajorn or however you want to pronounce it. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. But good reference, though. And if they do sell a rocket launcher and exotic, you know what? Get your, I believe, is it still strange coins? We're not sure what they're going to be losing. We don't know Who what knows? it's going to be. <laughs> so, stock right. up, buy it. Yep. Okay, and uh, that's going to do it for it. A bit of a shorter episode for us this week. But next week we'll be back with our full crew and stronger than ever. And uh, thank you for liking our Facebook page if you haven't seen it yet. And if you want to give us any short feedback, we would appreciate it at easyoperationsqa at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for us this week. Mondo, say goodnight. 
Good night. Good night.